0: Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central.
1: Good afternoon, everyone. It is Monday, December the 4th, 2023. It is currently 4.44 p.m. Central Time, and I am coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. This is not my fault. This is not my fault in any way, shape or form. I, I take no blame for this. I'm not going to take any blame. I'm not taking any responsibility as People in my family know I say this all the time. Look, I'm just minding my own business. Leave me out of it. Okay, that, I, I say that all. I'm minding my own business. So in this case, I literally was minding my own business. I, I was not trying to do anything. I wasn't bothering anyone. I wasn't looking for anything. I was minding my own business until I was asked to check the mail. And so I, I get dressed. Well, I was dressed, put on shoes walk. <laughs> yeah, I was dressed, put on shoes, walked out my front door, down the driveway, crossed the street to the mailbox, I took my key, opened up the mailbox, reached in. There was all, I mean, there were so many things. There were so many things. And I, I start pulling all these different things out, pulling them all out, pulling them all out. And when I walk back across the street, up the driveway, through the door, take off my shoes, then I I start going through the mail, Right. I got a couple of, I think two, there were two issues of the sword of the Lord. It's been a long time since I checked the mail. There were all kinds of stuff. I mean, the, the mailbox was packed and in the middle of all of it's this little, this cardboard, this like card, right? That was sent to me by a local church. Now, anytime I see a mailing from a local church, I always, sometimes I want to call them and go, why? Why? I was minding my own business. Why would you send this to me? I wasn't bothering anyone. Why did you bother me? Right? So... But they send me stuff, and and I'm just going to be honest with you, about 95% of the time, it, it drives me almost to the point of a stroke, a seizure, or just driving to the local liquor store. Because I, every time I see stuff, I get so frustrated. But I try to mind my own business. Look, you do what you want to do. Just don't send me your stuff to my house. I didn't ask for it, right? So sometimes I wish I could just, you know, anything that comes to me from a church, just send it back because I don't want it. Okay, I, I know that sounds really negative, but it's just the case. But here it is. So I look at it. And then in the very middle, it says Beltway Park Church. And I look, I have no problem naming the name. Because guess what? You sent you sent this to me. I didn't go looking for it, all right? So, Beltway Park Church. You can find them. Uh, if you look for Beltway Park Church, Abilene, Texas, you will find them. You can check their website. You can look at all they have to offer. Listen to all of their sermons. Visit, join, I don't care. But they sent me this to me, all right? So, Beltway Park Church, and then underneath that... It says Bellway Park Church proudly presents Christmas at the Movies and I'm like oh no 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 Immediately I knew what I had received This is their new sermon series They are going to celebrate and study things related to Christmas by going to the movies because we all know scripture has literally nothing to say about the incarnation. Oh, no, I know, I know, I know. I'm being, I'm being, I'm being sarcastic. I know, I know I'm being very negative. But again, I was minding my own business. They sent this to me. So Beltway Park Church, Beltway Park Church probably presents Christmas at the movies. Then in the top left-hand corner, It says the Polar Express. Bottom, uh, bottom left-hand corner. It's a Wonderful Life. Top right-hand corner. The Grinch. Bottom right-hand corner. Elf. Oh, look at this. So, so this church, and if you don't know anything about Beltway Park Church, they're like the mega church here in Abilene, Texas. They have a South Campus, a North Campus. They're the big church. Everyone goes to Beltway Park, right? So obviously from a human perspective, they're a million times more successful than I would ever hope to be, will be, can be, should be. They have more ability, more talent, more resources. They're better at everything. So, so I, I got, I got no problem just admitting that they are someone, I'm a no one. They have everything, I've got nothing. Okay, that's fine. But I'm telling you, when I see this, I start getting irritated. I'm like, so a church is going to celebrate Christmas time by taking everyone to the movies because you know what did Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John have to say? I who care? Now, of course, they're going to say they're going to use scripture. But, 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 but I, I see this, and I'm just telling you, I'm these are all my negative jaded thoughts. I'm just being honest with you. I flip it over and it says, join us in person or online for our upcoming Christmas series that begins November 30th and December 3rd. Visit beltway.org or scan the QR code for service times and locations, North campus, online campus, South campus, Beltway Park Church, we are a group of people helping each other take our next steps with Jesus so that we can bless our neighbors. Office hours, they give you the office hours, and you can find Beltway Park Church on Facebook, on X, on Instagram, on YouTube, and at Beltway Park. And then it gives their phone number, and well, here it is. Now remember, I was minding my own business. Let's remember, I was minding my own business. But I knew I was going to have to check it. I knew I was going to have to look. So, you know how this works, right? Obviously, I haven't had time to listen to this. Obviously, I haven't had time to do anything with this because it was just a little while ago when I was walking across the street to check the mail. So, I've got the card here. So, I went to their website. I looked and I uh, and boom, there's the sermon, All right. Now, I, I actually, to, okay, let's put this in pr- proper chronological order. I got the card earlier but it was only recently that the sermon actually appeared so i got the card earlier today but the the uh, sermon showed up i don't even know not not too long ago 30 minutes ago 40 minutes ago i don't know it's it's been it's been in a very recent amount of time right I'm trying to put that in proper chronological order okay trying to keep it in chronological order because i'm so frustrated all right so here we go so as soon as I see this, I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to check it out. And well, I finally found it. So I downloaded it. I, I hit play, realized the volume wasn't loud enough. So I went to Audacity, increased the volume, then loaded it back in my software. So we're going to explore this together in real time. We're going to take a trip back in time to Belway Park Church. I'm assuming this is maybe the November 30th. Message or maybe it was yesterday's message. I don't know the timeline there either because it says uh, this begins on uh, November 30th and December 3rd, but there was no message. There was no message from this series all day, and now there's one. I think I, I could possibly look again, but the message is is there now. So what we're going to do is we're just going to listen to this together. Now. I would I would say I'm going to do an entire review of this, but here is what I'm thinking is going to happen because I've seen too many churches do this. Whenever these churches do these movie series, they always play clips from the movies. Well, number one, I that has to be a copyright violation of the church unless they're paying for the rights in order to do that. Now, if they're paying for the rights to do that, they have to pay even more to be able to put it online, right? Because now not only are they streaming it for the people present in the sanctuary, they're now streaming it live on online and they're making it available for on demand. That means those clips for, uh, for those movies are going to be played multiple times. So I don't know if they got the copyright. I don't, I don't know. Many churches do these things and they never even think about the copyright, uh, implications. But I know this. I don't have the copyright. To do this. Now, maybe you can utilize uh, a clip from a movie for under fair use. Maybe I, I don't, I see. I don't, I don't know exactly how this would work. Now, since they used it and they posted it online, if I play it, am I violating the copyright of the studios? It gets all complicated. So what we're going to do is I'm going to play all of their introduction up to where I'm assuming they're going to play a clip. I could be wrong, but I, I you don't do Christmas at the movies. And then not play a clip. I just, I, I maybe this is going to be the first time I've seen this, but typically these big mega churches that do this, that's what they do. So we're going to, we're going to start reviewing at least the first part of this. And when they play the first clip, then we're going to have to, we're going to stop and then we'll look into the possible copyright issues. And then if we feel like that we aren't viola- violating any copyright, then maybe we'll come back and review. The rest, but again, this is Beltway Park Church. Remember, I was minding my own business. I was asked to check the mail. I checked the mail. I saw this. I looked on their website. There was nothing there. Then I finally looked again. Finally, it is there. Here we go. Are you ready? All right. I do apologize for getting the timeline a little confused there, but yeah, I'm, I just, uh, I just don't get it. I mean, there's so many questions I could ask right here, but let's just see what happens. So we're going to take a trip to Beltway Park Church. I mean, guess this was yesterday, November 30th. Again, I don't know the the timeline there because it seems odd that they haven't posted anything until today, but okay. So finally, they got some things uploaded. Let's see what they did. And look, this may be a situation where I'm more bothered by it. I'm more frustrated by it. I'm more irritated by it than you are. You may listen to it and go, Wow. I wish my church did that, and you may love it. And you know what? That's great. That's great. I obviously have a very strong opinion against this because I wish churches would just sometimes, I don't know, teach scripture, but you, you draw your own conclusion. So here we go.
0: Well, good morning. And it is so good to see you. We have people that are at our North Campus, our South Campus online family. we love having you going to tell the online family one more time if you are on YouTube. Somewhere in the middle of this message, they're going to cut us off. We have all sorts of reasons we disagree with YouTube, but YouTube owns YouTube, so they get to do whatever they want to do. So we tell you, go over to live.beltway.org. It's actually a better experience. It's where you need to be anyway, as often as you can be. Whatever form you're using to engage this morning, man, it is so good to be with you. And whether you like it or not, we are at the beginning of the Christmas season.
1: Now, he doesn't explain why YouTube is going to cut them off, but I have a very good, th- my, my speculation is YouTube is going to cut them off because they're about to stream copyrighted material. <laughs> so if YouTube is cutting you off, it may mean either you own, you've purchased the rights to stream these movie clips or you haven't. Or maybe YouTube is not willing to even entertain that possibility. I don't know. That's what I'm assuming is getting ready to happen. I I see. Hopefully they will at least talk about the copyright issue and their their right to be able to do this. Maybe they're claiming fair use. I don't know. I don't know. Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens.
0: And a big part of the Christmas season in the good old United States of America, Christmas movies. Man, come on! Question for you: In your mind, right now, so everybody can participate. In your mind, what's your favorite Christmas movie?
1: Okay, now I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna slide over into typical sermon review. Right? when we always whenever I do a sermon review, remember I don't listen in advance; we listen in real time. So I'm gonna slide over into sermon review mode. What he's doing here. Is a pretty typical thing in public speaking. You use this in small groups. You break the ice, right? You throw out something that's very relatable to everyone. You kind of get them start thinking. You try to, you try to pull them in. You break the ice kind of concept. All right. A lot of pastors use it. A lot of churches use it. Small groups use it. It's what you're supposed to do in public speaking. I'm not necessarily a fan of it because I think it's so, it's just a template. It's just so, Ugh. It's like, oh, man. Okay, does everyone have to do it the same way? But okay, he's doing the typical thing. Hey, think about your favorite movie, right? And a lot of times what they'll do is they'll say something like, now look at your neighbor and tell them your favorite movie, right? And then everybody does it and everybody's, ha, 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 and it breaks the ice and I don't know what it's supposed to do. Okay, but, all right, uh... Okay. Someone in chat just said fair use just seems so vague to me. Fair use is vague. I, it, it is definitely vague. But I would say if you aren't critiquing the actual movie clip that plays, I don't know about that. And if it's Disney, I'd run for my life. (laughs) Absolutely. Like, I completely agree. Yeah. I, it, it, if you're not even offering a critique, I don't know. I like, maybe they're paying the rights for this, but the fact that they, he knows YouTube's about to cut them off. Tells me that they, they they don't have the rights to it, or maybe YouTube doesn't care, but we're going to find out. So he's doing the typical break the ice, following the template you're supposed to follow in public speaking. Okay, great. I, uh, I don't know if he's going to have you look at it, your neighbor and tell you what your favorite movie is. That, that happens all the time, too. Let's see if he used that technique as well.
0: We, we all have one. So you can put it in your, now some of you think, well, I'm in church. I got to pick like a nativity Christmas story or it's not official or something like that. Don't, God knows what's in your heart. So he knows what your favorite is. Just pick your favorite. It, It is all right. What is your favorite Christmas movie? Now listen to me. If you pick something off the Hallmark channel, We have prayer at the end of service. You need to not hesitate. You you can enjoy the Hallmark Channel, but I'm just saying it can't be in the favorite, okay? (laughs) Believe it or not, the most watched Christmas movie all times is It's a Wonderful Life.
1: Now, I rarely agree with this church, but I do agree that if you watch Hallmark Christmas movies, you're in desperate need of prayer, okay? You may be in desperate need of an exorcism, prayer, Counseling, shock therapy, a swift kick upside the head. You need something. Okay, all right, okay. I, I, I digress, I digress, I digress. Okay. Now, so obviously, he just t- told you where we're going. Obviously, they're going to be looking at It's a Wonderful Life in this movie or in this uh, in this movie, in this sermon about Christmas movie. Well, is it a sermon about Christmas movies? Whatever they're doing here, this Christmas at the movies, they're going to be doing They're, they're going to be covering It's a Wonderful Life. All right. Are you ready? All right. Here we go. Let's see what they're going to say.
0: And some of you are saying, well, dude, that's just because it's old. I understand it's old. Came out in 1946, the year after World War, I, uh, World War II ended. But that's not the only reason it's popular, because there's a lot of old movies out there that don't make the most popular list. People watch that movie year after year after year. Each and every year, it is a top 10 replayed Christmas movie, including last year, 2022, projected to be one yet again this year people love it. I have a confession. I am 57 years old, and I had never watched It's a Wonderful Life from beginning to end until Monday. (laughs) Now, I had seen All the significant scenes, you know, you're channel surfing, you're doing that thing, you stop for a little while. So I knew the story, I knew the plot line, I knew the characters, I knew all that. I felt like I had seen it. But I'm telling you, after watching it from beginning to end, I completely understand why it's such a popular movie. This movie, It's a Wonderful Life, calls to something inside of us.
1: Okay, now remember, they're starting their whole Christmas celebration by doing a series. On movies, and It's a Wonderful Life, calls to something deep inside of us, right? So the movie calls to something deep. Now, I got no problem talking about movies. I can analyze movies all day. Just seems weird that this was the Sunday morning sermon, but okay, I... I I, I, I got it. There's, there's positive. You could talk about the positives in this, the negatives in this ever. And I guess this probably comes to if you are, if where, what your philosophy is about church, you hold to a normative principle or a regulative principle. Those principles determine a lot about what your church would or wouldn't do. Regulative principle, you're not going to be doing this normative principle. Why wouldn't you? Okay. So we could get into a long discussion about that. We've talked about that many times. But let's, let's just see where this goes. I'm kind of, this movie calls to something deep inside of us. I, I don't know what that something is, but I, I'm, I'm ready to
0: find out. Here we go. I need you to listen to me here. There's something God wired in us. He designed us for. And I think this movie calls to it something that makes us more like Jesus. In fact, I'd go so far as to tell you, that the appeal of TV and movies, and there's a vast appeal in our society, is at some level the stories contained in media. You could pick almost any movie and I can tell you the echo of the story it represents. I can do it again and again and again. There is a larger story that we're a part of, the story of God and humanity. And the reason we're enamored with all the TV and movies is there's an echo of that. We, We actually see it in scripture. This
1: so the reason we love movies and TV is because they have an echo of a story about God and us. Is that all? TV, all movies—they all have an echo. They're, 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 they're kind of—I guess—they're the echo of God and us. I guess is the original story, and then every other story is just an echo of that story. Is that, is that his philosophy here? And he says, we see this in scripture. That's why he's getting, is he getting ready to make a reference to a scripture? I, 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 well, let's, let's be ready to see. All right, here we
0: go. This week, write down in your notes, Acts 17. You'll find the Apostle Paul, when you read all of Acts 17, he is on a hill that we know as Mars Hill. He's engaging in a philosophical and theological discussion. And in the 28th verse of Acts 17, Paul does something really interesting for those of us who are TV and movie people, which is all of our society. He says, for in him, now the question is, who's in him? We'll get to that. For in him, we live and move and have our being, as even some of your own poets. Somebody say poets. Poets. Poets are the storytellers. Some of your poets have said, for we are indeed his, who is his again, we are indeed his offspring. Listen, these are quotes, but they're not quotes from the Bible. This is the apostle Paul, follower of Jesus, one of the ones charged with taking the gospel to the Gentiles, but he's not quoting scripture here. He is actually quoting their storytellers. He is quoting Epimenides and Erastus. Y'all probably want to write that down, can focus on that later, Right? He's like, he's quoting right here, a line from a movie. It's like he's quoting a line from a TV show. He is telling them that in your stories is an echo and the echo that which you're drawn to. Okay. Now he's making a big claim. Now
1: there's no question. Paul is quoting from their poets. I got no problem with that. And you may want to use that as justification. For using a movie to make a point of and your sermon, okay, maybe you can make maybe you could do that now it's one thing to use a line or a part of a movie to make an to use it as an illustration for your sermon. It's another thing to make your whole sermon the movie so there's there's like i what where's the line there now everyone will debate that and never will have that now, the only problem is, I don't know, is Paul saying there? Your stories are the echo of the bigger story. I don't know if Paul is saying that. I would challenge you to look at that passage of Acts and see exactly what is going on. Why is Paul quoting their poets? What exactly is he trying to do? Is he trying to say, your poets say this, but here's the, the real fulfillment? Well, then, is that maybe then a good argument for the echo hypotheses, right? That you could watch whatever movie— See, that's the echo. But the real story is here. Maybe, maybe, maybe that does work. Maybe he's justifying his his doing this. It still bothers me, but maybe, maybe he's justifying it. Let, let, let's see, let's see where this goes.
0: It's actually an echo of the larger story. The story of the true God revealed in scripture. Please listen to me. I think it's one of the main reasons that we are so drawn to TV and movies. See, I understand that we like to say we're not. If you do surveys in America, which Americans love surveys for some reason, one of the questions is, do you watch much TV? Do you watch many movies? And the overwhelming answer to that nationwide is no. I don't watch much TV. I don't watch many movies. We we all say that. But if we don't watch many movies and we don't watch much TV, how in the world are there hundreds of TV stations on cable that are somehow making it? How are there tens of thousands of shows that you can stream if we're not watching them? Why would people who are investing money invest money, billions of dollars in movies each and every year if we're not paying for it? There's a reason. And the reason is we're watching them. We're engaging. The reason all this media can afford to exist is that we're watching it more than most of us want to admit. I'm going to confess to you today, I do. And I think the reason we're watching it is not what we think. It's not just because they entertain. Yeah, it has to be entertaining. But often it calls to something within us, something placed in us by the design of our creator. This is especially true at Christmas. You pick the theme of almost any Christmas movie, including those on the Hallmark Channel, and they really have a kingdom connection. Okay, now I do agree that people always, especially in
1: the church, oh, I don't watch this. I don't, they always want to talk how big and bad they don't watch this and their, their focus is on spiritual thing. Give me a break. Almost without fail. They're watching far more than they, 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 they admit. So I, now there's always the exception. I'm talking in general. So I do agree people are watching it. Now his argument is they're watching it because there's an echo of a deeper story and it calls to something deeper in us. I mean, maybe he's not as jaded as me. But I just know when I usually try to talk to people about movies and, and analyze them and have a deep conversation about them, the you know, I can get, well, it was good. It was it was awesome. Oh, oh I like that part. And it's like, OK, never mind. Never mind. I was trying to get to the deeper part of it. But um. so I, I think a lot of people watch it because it's just entertaining. It's fun. I don't know if people are like, there's an echo. There's a kingdom connection. Now you can try to tell yourself that to make it feel more spiritual and what you're doing. <laughs> but I just, most of the time when I know people talk about a movie, like, oh, you saw that movie. So what about this? And what about this? And did you see this? And you go, know, da, 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 da. And I'm like, uh, I thought it was a good movie. I'm like, okay, never mind. Never mind. I'll, I'll walk away. So I don't know. He's, he's much more hopeful. I'm much more negative, okay? But but we'll see. We'll see where this is going to go, all right? All right. So he's kind of used... So what he's trying to do right now is at least build a case for what he's getting ready to do. If they're getting ready to embark on a series where they're going to use movies, then he's got to build his argument for it. His argument basically is all these movies are going to be echoes of a greater story. Now, to me, why go to the echo when you can just go to the greater story? And if movies supposedly you know calls to something deeper in us and we're drawn to them then why aren't, then i'm just going to throw this i'm just going to throw this out there okay because sometimes i you know i i'm doing the critique and the review if if the movies and the tv shows just simply being the echo of the real story calls to something deeper in us, that's why we watch them, that's why we're drawn to them, then why aren't more Christians drawn to the original story, which would be the Bible? Why aren't more Christians drawn to it? If it if those stories call to something in us, then the Bible should be shouting because it's the original story. It's not the echo. It's the original story. So why shouldn't Christians be then just like, enamored with the Bible and read it and read it and read it and read it and and want to talk about it. So to me, your whole theory is the reason we're drawn to television shows is because they echo this deeper story. But if we are Christians, we have the deeper story. We have the original story. We don't have the echo. We have the original. So why wouldn't the original so, and we're so enamored by the original, we wouldn't even care about the movies. Like I could turn it around and make an. Use your argument against your whole position.
0: There are stories of giving and generosity. There are stories of community and love. There are stories of acceptance. You pick the kind of the overarching thing. That's why people love Christmas. Because he said, "Man, what would the world be like if we didn't engage more of the things of Christmas year round?" Absolutely, because it calls to the, of the kingdom of God. It calls of the things of God. There's an echo that calls to you and I. But, and I need you to hear this very clearly just because there's an echo doesn't mean the whole story's true. This is where we have to be discerning. That's what Paul did. Paul quotes. All right,
1: so these shows are echoes, but they're not all true. So you've got to be discerning. Well, then why point people to the echo? Why use a sermon series? You're going to use do an entire sermon series called Christmas at the Movies, where you're pointing to people what you're classifying as an echo. And you're even saying that not everything in the story is true. So you have to be discerning. Well, instead of doing that in church, where you're pointing people to the echo and a story that may or may not be true and the people may need to use discernment, why would not you just point people to open up your Bibles to the Gospel of Matthew and we're going to take study Christmas? by looking at the Christmas story in the Bible. It just just seems like his his whole attempt to prove why he's doing it seems to call into question more why he's doing it. Hey, these are just echoes. Oh, and they're not always true. So we have to be
0: discerning. But we're still going to go that way the storytellers of his day. He quotes Epimenides. He quotes Erastus. But he says what you hear in them is but an echo. So Paul said, Epimenides says in him we live and move and have our being. But Epimenides meant by him, Zeus, the chief of the pantheons of gods of the Greeks. But Paul says, no, no. We have a hunger inside of us for a king, but Zeus is not king. But there is a king He said the times of ignorance God overlooked. But now he commands all people everywhere to repent because he has fixed a day. Um, He fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. And of this man, he has given assurance to all by what? raising him from the dead. So Paul is direct here. He says, yeah, there's an echo of a king, but there is only one who is king of kings. There is only one who is Lord of lords. There is only one whose name is above every name, and his name is what? His name is what? Somebody shout it. His name is Jesus. So what Paul's telling them is there's an echo of truth in your stories, but the echo doesn't make the totality of the story true. I will tell you that the stories of today do a masterful job of stirring desire in us. Desires that God put in us. All of us desire to be loved and accepted. All of us desire to make a difference in the world. All of us desire to war against evil. All of us desire to have a, a for adventure in our lives. We all hunger for those things that are given by God. Movies do a great job of stirring that. But what they do a bad job of is giving us the answer on how to fulfill those desires. And so we have to be a people who are discerning. So the movies so the movies are
1: echoes. So you're gonna dedicate an entire sermon series to the echo instead of the I guess the actual story. These movies are great at stirring up desire, but they don't give us answer in how to fulfill the desire. And they don't give us the whole truth. So we have to be discerning. But yet, that's what you're going to put the focus on. This card that they sent out. The emphasis here is the Polar Express, It's a Wonderful Life, Grinch, and Elf. There's nothing here about come to Belway Park Church to hear us study the Gospel of Matthew or Luke or John uh, about the Christmas story. No, this you're putting forth as the the. The whole, you're the debate, I would say, the thing, you're, your whole thing you're selling is these movies. So it just seems like on some, one way he's, as much as he's trying to prove why he's going to be using movies, it seems to me his arguments would seem to call into question why he would be appro- approaching it that way.
0: As we engage the movies of Christmas, which we are going to do, the numbers say it let's do it well. Let's do it like Paul did on Mars Hill. Truth is, God might take a story that's not completely true and stir something of himself inside of you. That's what I actually discovered when I watched It's a Wonderful Life this week. Guys, I highly, highly recommend the movie to you. I will confess to you, it's slow. Compared to modern standards, it's a slow movie. They do a lot of setup and stuff like that. In fact, it's probably the reason I'd never watched it. I'm watching it. I'm about an hour in, and I'm thinking, I could have made this into like an hour and 10-minute movie. This thing needs to hurry up. And I felt like the Spirit of God said, well, maybe you've become too hurried in life. And maybe...
1: The Spirit of God talked to you because you told a movie to hurry up and God told you you need to slow down in life. Okay. You know what? Now I understand why they don't need a Bible. If God's just talking to you, why would you need to study? I mean, if God's just going to talk to you while you're watching a movie like it's a sermon, then why do you even need to do Bible study? Just just go watch, get a streaming service, watch movies all day, and then God will just talk to you during the movie. And then I I guess that's the way it works. Oh, boy, uh, people who always think God's talking to them. We won't get into that never-ending mess, okay? Yeah, If God's talking to you, it's because you're reading scripture. And if if God is talking to you out loud, it's because you're reading out loud. All right. All right. I digress. Let's, oh boy, let's see where this is going. So now we have God talking to him. His spirit speaking to him, of course, inside in a still small voice, but talking to him that he gave us a direct quote. God gave, I mean, if you were to write that down, you would put it in quotation marks. God told him, you know, you may need to slow down in your life for his exact words, but that's a direct quote supposedly from the spirit of God. So, you know, we need to probably write that down in our Bibles, but all right, here we go.
0: Society has changed and you've embraced it in a way that you need to go back to some things of the days of old. Hmm. How's that for you? So I sat and watched the rest of it and found my heart really stirred.
1: See how he said that so confidently? See? See? Because, like, God spoke directly to him during a movie. And so therefore he watched the rest because God basically taught him to slow down and, and you know, pay attention and go back to the days of old. Okay, all right. Well, that's, <laughs> I, I don't even know, like that's, oh boy. The, the, the influence of charismatic thinking and into the world of evangelicalism. Tell you, char- charismatic theology is a cancer that has infiltrated almost every branch of Christianity and that cancer needs to be, eradicated and removed because it's a cancer but i let's let's see where he goes
0: but i'm going to tell you that even though the overall message of the movie is very biblical there are still some things in there that are very untrue according to the scripture there's an angel y'all remember his name clarence the angel man hardly anything said about clarence is true it was a good story but hardly anything is true. But the story is of a guy named George Bailey. And George Bailey has spent his life serving and sacrificing for the sake of the people of Bedford Falls. He has always longed to travel, kind of get out of there, do his thing. But he's always stayed behind because there was this, these opportunities that existed. He had to give up Or Mr. Potter, the evil one, is going to take over the entire town. Side note, have you wondered why almost every story of media has a villain? It's because the story has a villain. There's an enemy to stand against. All that prevents the enemy, Potter, from taking over Bedford Falls is George Bailey's little old building and loan company. But on Christmas Eve one year, George's Uncle Billy goes to the bank with $8,000 and loses it. Now, I know you're thinking, dude, it's just $8,000. Today's money, that's about $130,000, Mr. Potter finds it, hides it. The bank examiner is going to unravel the reality that they're $8,000 short. George knows that's going to happen. He's going to be arrested and the building alone is going to fall and Mr. Potter's going to take over the entire town. He becomes overwhelmed. He becomes distraught and begins to wonder if anything he's given his life for has been worth it. He's beginning to think that his wife and his four kids will be better off without him and he's actually contemplating suicide. But the prayers of those that he loves result in the guardian angel, Clarence, a great character of literature, coming to Earth to help him. And Clarence shows George what life would have been like if he had never been born. Well, then why am I seeing all these strange things? Now, there they go. They
1: go to the clips of the movie. So we have to stop. Because, again, that's where the copyright issue gets really weird to me. All right. So they're going to start playing clips of the movie. I I told you I thought that was going to happen. I told you. I thought they would set it up a little bit better, but more dramatically. He kind of tells a little bit of the story. Now here's this dramatic scene and they go right into it. And they're going to start showing clips of the movie. Now, now that's where YouTube is going to cut them off. Because he said YouTube is going to cut them off because they're playing copyrighted material. Well, they... It's available online right now you can go to their church website. so I don't know if they got the copyright uh, if they're paying for it or not paying for it, but I know I'm not going to play it because I know I don't have the right to play it and I'm not critiquing the movie. if I took the movie clip and then I was offering critique of the movie, right for educational purposes not monetized there there's I, I could I could you know justify it under fair use but I'm not critiquing the movie. I'm critiquing the sermon so, I'm not even going to attempt it, but that is what a church here about seven minutes from my house, maybe eight minutes from my house, that's what they did, they're doing for their Christmas season. Now you can go watch the rest of their sermon. Again, it's uh, Beltway Park Church, Abilene, Texas. You can go to Beltway.org, Beltway.org. It's called Christmas at the Movies. You should be able to find it easily once you get there. Look for messages and or series, whatever it's labeled as. And like it wasn't there m- most of the day and finally it showed up and you can go listen to it. Now his whole argument, his whole justification for doing this is that he used Acts 17, because Paul quoted some poets of that day, used what they said to ultimately get them to Christ or to point to the reality of God and Christ. Okay, so that's at least a decent argument. So then you could use the story of a movie or of any other story to then try to get people to Christ. All right, I'm okay with that. I'm not, I'm not completely opposed to that idea. And I understand that sometimes you see a movie and you can just see the spiritual illustrations and do that. Typically, a pastor would just simply use a part of it, maybe in a closing illustration or maybe in the opening illustration, right? Maybe tell briefly recapture or, or retell the story of the movie. Hey, there's this very popular movie. Da, 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 da. Here's the ba- basic points and then use that to then make a spiritual point but this is going way beyond that this is all the marketing is christmas at the movies come and then they're playing clips of the movie so is that the same thing as I i don't say where's that line i don't know you can draw your own conclusion the his other argument is they're echoes. So all movies and TV shows are echoes of the real story. And those echoes call to something deep inside of us. And that's why we're drawn to them. But by that argument, it would be, well, why would you give people the echo when you're standing behind a pulpit inside a sanctuary? Why wouldn't you open the Bible and say, shh, turn down the echo. Let's hear the original sound. Because I know one thing I do know is the people coming to church probably need less movies and less TV shows and more scripture. That's just my speculation, but I don't think they need movies at church. That's just my speculation. Now, you could use a popular one to get people to the scriptures, but this seems more to try to kind of use the idea that Paul did it. Let's get into the movie and then from the movie try to, uh, try to bring out some kind of spiritual principles. I'm not, I'm not so good, but so his first argument's Act 17. His second argument is it's the echo and he wants to point people to the echo instead of to the original. That seems to defeat his whole argument. Then he tells them, "Hey, hey! The, the only problem with the echo is not only is that an echo; it's not always true." Well, wait a minute. Well, that seems weird. Why are you going to point me to an echo where it's not all true, and I have to use discernment? Why would you just take me to the scriptures? So that's kind of uh, kind of already weird, and and I and I'm not quite understanding. Like, how does he not see that seems to be an argument against the use of them? So, and then. Well, here they are at this point now going to the actual clips from the movie. And I look up, there's a part of me feels like I should be able to play it but because they did, but I'm not, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if they, if they got the copyright, if they, I, because I, I have a feeling that some of these movie studios would be like, wait, wait, you did what? You did what? Not only did you show it in front of all the, because we look, we know this even with praise and worship music. If you play praise and worship music, popular praise and worship music in your church, Remember, I did not know this. I was blown away by this when uh, Christianity Today did an article about it. Those churches have to pay copyright for the use of that music. And if they stream it, then there's more they have to pay. They've got to keep track of how many times they played it, and all, that. and then per per the number of people played for, they have to pay. So if your church is singing some praise and worship songs, in many cases you're supposed to be pay, especially if you're streaming it, you're supposed to be paying for the use of that. Many churches probably don't, but then you're violation of copyright. You don't want to be literally breaking the law in the middle of preaching a sermon, trying to point people to Christ. <laughs> Now, maybe they got, maybe they paid for it, but you thought he would, you would think he would have mentioned it. You think Randy said, hey, YouTube's going to cut us off, but hey, guys, just know we've paid all the copyright fees. We've got permission from the studios. Whatever the case may be, we can use this. So we're going to use this because they literally are showing parts of the movie right there on the screen and being live streamed on the internet. So. That, that to me raises, that, that could be another argument against doing this, right? If it's the echo, I would say the original. If the echo is not even always true, I would say go to the original. And if you have to break possibly copyright laws, I would say stick with your Bible. Now, if they've got all of that figured out, then that's, then you would have to ask, is it worth all of that money to play movie clips? i would call it into question but you you go look at the rest i can't i can't review the rest but i would really challenge you go to beltway.org i want you to watch all of that one on the wonderful life and i want you to email me news if at yahoo.com newsif at yahoo.com set aside everything that we've just said watch what he does with the movie and then you can tell me well you know what I, that was actually really good. And I was really convicted. And I think, I think maybe he's right. That's a good thing to do. Or, or you may email me going, Oh my goodness, you have to listen to what he said 15 minutes in because it's an absolute train wreck. You tell me what you discover. All right. But I had to do this when I got the card. As soon as I got the card, I knew we were going to have to talk about it, but I've been waiting for the actual clip to show up. And when the clip actually showed up, well, or when the actual sermon showed up, then I had to download it so that we could do this. There you go. I wish I, I wish I could do more, but you can tell me what you think. Movies, sermons. Should the two worlds merge so that you can reach more people and speak into a language that maybe they can relate to? Do you think it's positive? Do you think it's negative? Do you think it's a violation of the regulative principle? Do you think it's a, it's a violation of the normative principle? Do you think, uh, both principles allow it? One does, one doesn't. Whatever your thoughts about all of this, I would love to get your thoughts. News, IF at Yahoo.com. I do wish I could, uh, review more. But again, I'm not, I, I just feel like I should not play those clips. Cause I guarantee you. I, 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 I don't know if it would be fair use because I'm not critiquing the film. I'm not using the film as a critique or an analysis. I'm not analyzing it, critiquing it. I'm critiquing the sermon and analyzing the sermon, which then falls under fair use. So there you have it. Email me, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. And you can tell me what you think in regards to how churches sometimes handle the Christmas season and the things they do or the things they don't do. Thanks for listening. God bless.